This is your Anime DJ's Weekly Rundown 86. Come on, man. Let's get it. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm here just with my co-host, Tyler, today for your your weekly rundown. Tyler, how you doing, brother? Hey, it's a sleepy day today. It's been raining all weekend, and it's just making me drowsy as hell. But good thing the episodes picked back up this week. We've had a couple of sleeper weeks, and now we get some uh, we get some interesting things happening today, I feel like. so. Nah, for real. Uh, I've been watching the episodes the last couple of days, and they've definitely pretty good it's also been raining here though a lot um <laughs> it cleared up yesterday afternoon i got to take a walk go to the grocery store and whatnot but i've been doing a lot of sleeping because i had covered this past week yeah I'm, I'm glad you're actually back and feeling better by the way dude my i, I sounded like an 80 year old 80 year old version of myself <laughs> that had been smoking cigarettes his entire <laughs> life bro it was crazy how i was sounding for one second, I thought you said 80-year-old virgin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What does What's that even do with- sound like? <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to do with anything? Um, but yeah, uh, bro, I was in rough shape for probably like three or four days. But hey, well, I'm back. Bounce back well. The yeah. voice is I mean, 90% you sound low. nice, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We out here now. We out here. <laughs> Well, guys, as you know, the best way to support us, please rate the podcast, tell your friends about us. Uh, if you want us to cover any specific top uh, topics or have questions about our latest episodes, let us know. Hit us up in the Discord or any of our socials, linktree.com backslash animedegens. Y'all know the drill. Um, and what we're going to have on today's show, actually all four of our rundown shows are back. It's the first one in a while for me since I missed last week. Um, but first we'll be doing Undead Unlocked episode 20, then we'll be doing Freerun episode 24, followed by Mashal season two, episode seven. And then finally, as always, One Piece episode 1095, approaching that 1100 mark really, really closely. Um, I'm excited about that. It's pretty crazy. Um, I think the only anime that I know that has more episodes, not that I've watched them all, is probably Pokemon. I, I would say you're probably right. That or uh, ain't uh, ain't that Detective Conan or whatever like pretty pretty far up there too, which I haven't watched that. But Detective Conan has that many episodes? I had no idea. I, I know I know they're a very <laughs> long running show. That's all oh, I know. Okay, okay. The show it's, is still it's, running. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's why I didn't know. I'm pretty sure it is still running. I think I've seen it on Mal. Uh, uh, like a couple seasons ago or something like that, it, it pops up every now and then. I'm like, okay, I keep on seeing this a lot, like continuing yeah. anime, and apparently, like it's a long running show. I don't, don't really know a whole lot about it. Uh, so that is uh, very interesting. Yeah. And then like Pokemon's interesting because like it's not like continuously running as I, you know, as far as I'm aware. But there's just like so many like spinoff episodes and things like that in series. It has. Like over, I'm I'm pretty sure it's over 1,200 at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, since it's such a uh, huge, like, franchise. Yeah, I've been watching um, this shit since I've been fucking four yeah, years old. Yeah. It has so much content. Like, uh, I'm sure that hour-wise, it's got just as much as One Piece, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if not more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, With all the movies and whatnot. But uh, you ready to get right into these uh these rundowns? Yeah, like I said, I'm so glad. I'm so glad these picked up because they've been they've been making me sleepy the last few weeks. They've been honestly. dragging ass, like no yeah. joke. They've been dragging ass. I've uh, had to fight. I've had to fight to make up, uh, you know, make up our god or whatever. So <laughs> there was no problem with that with me this week. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> All right, but guys, first we have Undead Unluck, episode twenty, Ano Un, so or Ano Un maybe. Who knows? Uh, but Andy and Fuko are set to meet the mysterious mangaka Ano Un to discuss the origins of the manga from me to you. But first, there is a big task they must take on for her to reveal this information. So the episode starts with a clip. Uh, it's, it's probably like a 30-second uh, clip at the beginning of the episode where the Union and Under are fighting to capture the UMA Autumn. And we see pretty quickly uh, Fuko getting cut down by, from what it seems like, unseen. And uh, Tyler, like, do you, you think this is like a glimpse into the future? Or like, what do you think is, is the dealio here, bro? Well, first things first, like, I, I was really confused um, at what was going on at this point. I was like, did I miss last episode? Uh, and. For real. Yeah, and then it kind of made sense. Um, like later on, I, I really do think this is a uh, a version of the future. I'm not sure if it's the correct future because I, you know, I'm sure that the future can be changed. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do think it's it is a version of the future that uh, Ano Un uh, Ano Sensei has seen. So. But. That's a good point. Yes, because it does seem like she might be able to see the future. So, yeah, this is probably one of her visions, and that's that makes sense. I'm following that. Um, yeah, when I was going through this, this is one of those moments where, like, you, you like, stop the episode and look at the episode number just to make sure you're on the right one. <laughs> I literally did that. <laughs> like, I know me and Dan just talked about this shit, and this none of this makes sense right now. Right, so. right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, and I was watching these in succession, so I was extra confused. Um, but next, guys, we see uh, Andy and Fuko have figured out that uh, Ana Un, Ana Sense, Ana Sensei uh, knows what's going on since she requested that both of them come to Canada and for them to actually get there within five hours going from Japan to Canada. Um, we know in the real world that's not really possible unless you're like in a fighter jet with a lot of fuel. Um, and that's that's about... I'd say where they were in Toronto, probably. That's probably about a. Uh, they said a nine-hour straight yeah, flight. Nine hour. That's a lie. <laughs> that is no way. There's no way. That's like a a sixteen-hour flight in the real world. Um, but yeah. So she said get there within uh, five hours. So she knew something was up. And at the time, uh, how did you think she knew what the heck they were capable of and who they were? 
I mean, the only the, the only thing that came through my mind at this point, the reason why they knew that was that she can see the future somewhat, I guess, you know? Um, and she obviously wrote a book, uh, like that's talking about the union somewhat. So obviously mm-hmm. she's going to know about their capabilities, right? Somehow. I'm not sure how she knows about like all their stuff, but, um, I, I'm assuming it's the pen, the artifact at work. Right. So, yeah, I, I was thinking like maybe the pen knew like the future and things like that. And maybe she was just an instrument to, you know, for the pen to use. And like the pen was kind of creating whatever it wanted to. And she was like, had seen that. But it seems like, yeah, she actually gets a lot of glimpses at the future instead of what I was thinking. Uh, that, that the pen itself knows. Cause I don't know how really these artifacts can have how much power they can, they can hold. Um, but yeah, that was interesting learning that and having Andy and Fuku try to, try to like figure that out. Like what the hell's going on. <laughs> but, um, they they get told to meet at Stanley Park, uh, which I do believe is in either Montreal or Toronto. Can't remember off the top of my head. And it's pretty obvious by looking at the trees that this is UMA Autumn's territory. We get the overhead shot, and there's a bunch of green trees in December in Canada, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> and there's a ring of trees that are like browning for fall. Now, did did they just forget that this was like December in in Canada? Like, do they think like that's a tropical climate or some shit? Like, what was up with that? Did you yeah, notice it? I, I did. I noticed it as soon as it uh it got there, but I don't think I would have noticed it. But they done such a good job at like putting the the date as soon as as soon as it popped up, it put the date on the bottom of the screen. It put the time on the bottom of the screen as well, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you're like, wait, why is it? For one thing, like, why is it like this up in this? Canada's like, cold, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> Canada is cold as hell. Like, do they even? Uh, I, it's a silly question, but do they even have trees that like do that type of stuff up that way? Oh they do, yeah, you know, yeah, they somewhat? have. Yeah, they have uh, seasonal trees. Okay, for sure. Uh, uh, and like the only thing I was thinking that would have made sense is like a bunch of evergreen trees like pines and shit like that that don't really turn brown um but yeah i thought it was a weird thing that they did but and then we went back to uh ano's house and all the trees were dead there or dormant and i was like okay this makes a lot more sense so i don't know if they did like the green tree thing just for like effect uh to show that autumn was there but then just do it a different time of year yeah, I also found it weird that Autumn was at the exact spot that they wanted the she wanted the Ano Un wanted to meet up with. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with that too? Like, I didn't get that. So, I mean, the only thing that I can think like, so Ano like reveals like she knows what they want to know, right? And <clears throat> she wants them to learn more about themselves before she kind of goes forward with the future. So they're ready for it, I, I assume. That's what it seems like to me. But she definitely knew Autumn was there. And that's why she told him to meet him there. I mean, I guess she done him a favor in some way because now they don't have to look for Autumn, right? Yeah. Oh. 
but now they only got two people up there and uh it's undead and unluck and obviously apparently they're not strong enough to fight it right now so nah bro um yeah yeah we like saw fuka like rush in and um we're also told that like that autumn feeds off the human human biology and that it turns people into books oh, i guess books of their life to be read by that big beetle that's autumn did that make any sense to you? Like, what the hell? That, is that autumn theme to you? So the only thing it does. So the only way it makes sense for me is if they're they're trying to say that autumn is a perfect time to like read books. Because I, I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, sitting outside in autumn time, like in fall, and just reading like a actual book outside on your porch while the like it's. Uh, it's just the right temperature. The leaves are falling. Like it is so peaceful. Like it's a perfect thing, right? So, see, to me, fall is like the perfect time for like outdoor sports. Like you think about summer, and of course, people want to get out in spring. You know, the coming to spring is huge. Uh, the temperature's heating up. You can go outside again. And but fall, bro, like it's calming down. It's not super hot like it was in August. Like, it's perfect. And then you got, like, you can go apple picking, apple cider season, pumpkin spice season. You can go to the orchards. Like, it's, it's harvest time. So the last thing that I would have thought in this situation was, like, bros reading books. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, like I said, that that's that's one of my favorite times. Of the, that is my favorite time of the year because it's so, like, you can do anything. Like, it's just so pretty outside. You can do it feels so much better doing all your sports. Like back in my younger days, which I'm not very old right now, but back when I could, you know, move faster than a walk, um, uh, I would go play a lot of ball in the fall time, you know, because summertime is hot as hell, you know? Right. It is so, the perfect time to go go chill by the court. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it also would be my favorite time to just, you know, sit outside and, you know, enjoy the time enjoy the weather just read a book you know it's it really just so is. good it's so, my favorite time of the year yeah um it, for sure fall is my favorite season um but yeah like getting back to the episode though like like i said fuko's like kind of just rushing down on autumn trying to save somebody <laughs> and we know she's really not all like that like she's she's in a battle accessory really um but like kind of as the battle starts like andy's like okay we're gonna do the same strategy we did it against uh, UMA Burn, and Anna's like, "Y'all dumb as hell. That's not gonna work here. Like, this is a different person. Like, you know, like, and come to find out, Autumn has like some very thick, hard armor. Um, the the, the bullet finger's not working, and Anna kind of comes in to save the two, and proceeds to cut off her own arm, draw a fake Andy arm, an undead arm." And she does like some super powerful uh, Barty pot parts bullet. I think she called it Volcano or something like that. Yeah. It was dope. Um, and kind of stuns Autumn. Draws a 20th, mid-20th century like airplane to come pick them up and save them. They retreat. She was cool as shit. Like this, the, the, <laughs> Sensei has got it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about her, bro. But like, I was very impressed. I, I think I was a little slack jawed when she was doing all this because it was just like so creative. And then we also learned that like she, that arm's gone. Like she really cut off her own arm. 
And yeah. what were you thinking in these moments, man? Uh, first thing that come to my mind was that she, she, so she's powerful. Uh, like oh, 100%. She's very powerful. I don't know if it's, if it's, if she has something going on plus the pen or if the pen is just that strong, but she can literally like, just imagine a, someone with a huge imagination gets the ability to like have something that can create anything that they can think of. And that's what she's got. She can literally create anything that she can think of. Even yes. she can even use undead undeads, um, you know, powers to some extent because she can think of that. But I'm just like, I'm confused that if it's artifact that is, uh, if it's got this much power plus see the future or like is it is it doing both things or can it create the future so i think she's a negator as well you think yeah because that would make sense the only reason i think she's a negator is because um she said as negators like when she was taught telling them that their strategy was boring which it was and it wouldn't work she was like we're negators why don't you be more creative with your ability and if she wasn't a negator she wouldn't have said we are negators okay or you should use your saying. negator abilities she would have been like what the hell are you guys yeah okay so she's knowledgeable about what's going on um and she knows what a negator is because she's seen the future and already wrote written it um i think a lot of the power we've seen so far is from the pen the artifact um but I think she has an ability that goes well with it somehow. But I'm not sure what that ability is yet. And also, I also like the fact that she pointed out that while Andy and Fuko is following the rules, they've they've created more rule, even more rules for themselves. For yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like that's you know that's something that happens a lot when you're trying to follow rules. You create more rules and make it harder on yourself instead of just being. You know, just doing your own thing, you know? That is the essence of bureaucracy. <laughs> that is, and I hate bureaucracy. It's the, that's the essence of it. It's rules and rules and rules. And there's so many rules, it makes it hard for you to actually get something done. Yeah, you just get lost up in the rules and you just forget what the real rules are because there's so many rules, right? Right. When the rules start getting in the way of your goals, there's too many rules. <laughs> <laughs> We we agree on our own. So. Yeah, yeah. She she's she's built different though. She she really is. Um. So from there, Anno leads Ardua back to her home, and she ends up contacting Juiz by drawing her own emblem. She's just so <laughs> cool, bro. Um. And she she goes on to ask Juiz like, you know, can I can I train them? Um. They up here acting like some 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 bitches. So I need to do something with them. Um, and she initially gets denied. But she's making good points, at least to me, to Juiz. She's like, hey, like, you shouldn't be cautious because you have a good team. Like, you should actually, you know, be willing to take more risk since you have a quote-unquote royal flush of a team. And this made me ask the questions. Like, you know, when is she right for saying this? And could this apply? been part of Billy's frustration with the union and Juiz. And we're like, what is your thoughts on that? 
I think it could. I think that might be part of why Billy got frustrated. But then again, you know, he was the leader of the under. But also, like, if if she was more proactive, then maybe Billy could have, you know, had the under work together with the union. Right. You know, um, but I think she's kind of right for saying that because, you know, if you think your team is that good, then what good is it going to do to have them sitting on the bench this whole time instead of letting them play, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Um, my, my first boss, like we had some, um, he was good at maximizing the talents on the team is what I'll say. Uh, it's, he's a, he's a good, good friend of mine and I'm a friend of his family's. Um, but he always told me, he's like, I, I hire smart people, but I never tell them what to do. It's like, what would be the point of having a good team? If I just told you guys what to do all the time, he's like, that's for you to decide if you have problems. Yeah, shit flows uphill, but for the most part, I'm gonna let you go run and make mistakes. And I think Juiz could probably use that talk for for my my guy right now, because <laughs> it's like you have to maximize it. Like you just can't have a bunch of star players sitting on the bench, like you said. Yeah, you gotta go let them go I'm out. They have to make them, mistakes. You know? Yeah, they have so. to go make mistakes. They gotta go take chances. That's how they grow. That's how they get get good. You know. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's how they get experience. That's how they save the world. They kill God. So exactly, exactly. They they they, they got to get out there. Um, but yeah, she ends up letting them. Uh, so Juiz ends up letting uh, Otto Sensei train them, and the first task is really <laughs> just getting Andy's life story, and she kind of like summons, I guess, draws a piece, uh, a, a claw from Autumn. And cuts Andy, and he turns into this stack of a stack of paper. But it's a book that's reaching into the heavens and outer space because his life's been so long. <laughs> and I, I presume this is the story of his life. And that's not the last thing we get to see. And I'm excited to see how they end up reading all of this <laughs> and how they can use it to you know to to their benefit, man. So that's the end of the episode right there. Did you have any questions about it or anything? Yeah, I think I think they're gonna go to space to read the beginning. To space. Yeah, to yeah. get to the beginning, they got to. <laughs> so basically, the future is at the moon. Yes. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it was a really great episode. But I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to next week because this week, like I said, it it was been asleep for a few weeks, and now we're starting to get some pretty decent episodes back up. So. Yes, yes, and this was a good setup. Um, now we think that that Fuko may be in danger if they're not strong enough, because uh, we've seen that that uh, that glimpse to the future, presumably by Ano. Um, yeah. There should be some good fights. We know Autumn's a freaking tank of a UMA, so this is gonna be it's gonna get good. It's gonna get good. Well, um, if that's it, we'll get on to Furin episode twenty four, Bass. Let's do it. Alrighty, we got. Perfect replicas, and many test takers are nearing the bottom of the dungeon, but a legendary monster has a power that can humble even the most mighty opponents. The ability to make a near-perfect copy of anyone. And right off the bat on this episode, we learned that the dungeon's lord's name is Spiegel the Water Mirror Fiend, 
who reads the memories of a target to create a perfect replica of them. Yes. And uh, I want to say I've gotten in the habit of double checking the names in the series because a lot of them are German words. And Spiegel is actually the German word for mirror. So very fitting here. Yes. That's pretty cool. Not going to lie. It it reminds me of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steven Spiegel. Spiegel? Yeah, Steven Spiegel or Spiegel. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever his name was like made after that. So. I, and uh, I think it's cool that they like just keep using these German references uh, with me learning it right now. It, it's like little Easter eggs that keep me happy throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, this whole show is nothing but like German words. You know, Frieren obviously mm-hmm. means freezing or cold right. or whatever. So, which I mean, fits her personality kind of, you know. Yes. So it makes and it's sense. also helping me in my lessons. Because uh, I, because <laughs> I did figure out how to say, wait a second, I'm thinking, and deacon. But yeah, that that's uh that's pretty that's pretty cool. Anyways, we we get our little lessons of German every every week. It seems like, um, but we, I mean, did we expect census test? I, every time I say Sensei's name, I want to say Sensei, but I guess either one would be fine. But Sensei's test to be as hard as possible. Um, is this fitting uh, for her reputation of not letting anyone pass in her her past test? Do you think, you know, uh, like, do you think that this is the case? Do you think this is like a really hard test? Do you... I, I, I think... It's a cool test. I think in the real world, like I think a, a fight with yourself would actually be pretty easy. I think I think it would be easy and difficult. One because you know your own weaknesses, right? Yes, yes. But also, you are limited to the you. You are equal, basically. The only yes. thing that you got on yourself at that point is the fact a that a lot of knowledge. It doesn't have your personality, kind of. I guess. It you know it doesn't have That's the mind true. the mental capacity it just has what it's made with so. yeah like your physical attributes and abilities yeah you can yeah. actually like evolve or level up or whatever you you can say during the process of fighting this whereas they are limited to that form you know right right yeah I, I think it would it would be easy um easier than fighting somebody I didn't know. I took Taekwondo for like four years and we spar, (laughs) we spar every other week pretty much. And it's always easier fighting somebody you know how to fight already. Yeah. And like it it would honestly, like we would spar against classes below us and classes above us. And it was honestly easier fighting the people that were above us or below us, obviously, than fighting my own classmates because we sparred so much together. Because those people don't know me. They still have to figure me out. So I have a chance at least. But if homeboy knows I don't like roundhouse kicks or like if he can hit a certain combo on me, he's just going to do that. He's going to spam that shit sometimes. So, yeah, I think I'd have an easier time just just from my my limited fighting background. <laughs> Very limited fighting background. But I don't know. Yeah, I definitely say that they, you know, if you're doing a 1v1 versus yourself in any capacity, that the real one definitely has advantage if it's not like regenerative uh, oh, shit going yeah. on. So. Also that, yeah, that would be a yeah. fun problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I definitely thought uh, I was kind of surprised. I, this is Dan. Dan actually thought last week that these these clones or mirrors or whatever was a mm-hmm. product of senses uh magic he thought that she was doing it and uh, i kind of agreed with that so i guess we we was wrong uh we actually thought it was her but apparently it's the dungeon, the dungeon lord oh. yeah the, the dungeon lord yeah. um do you, but do you think do you think that she knew about the clones? oh hell yeah you think so yeah uh, um i think it was richter that was like oh there's no, no wonder this dungeon's never been beaten um so I think she she knew that, and I think that's why she had those little golems made. She's probably been in there before, <laughs> and was like, "Damn, this is terrible. I'm gonna bring some students in here, <laughs> bring some <laughs> test takers in here. This is terrible." Um, but yeah, I think she definitely did this shit on purpose. She's low key evil. <laughs> she does call herself a pacifist, uh, so um, I guess. She and even though she, I guess, loves seeing them fight each other, so it's a good but, test of yourself, yeah. And uh, next thing we got, we actually see a replica of Ubel fighting, uh, examining the golem bottle and waiting for. I guess she, I don't know if she was waiting to attack or waiting for them to attack. I think it's the latter. I think she was waiting for them to attack her because. She was not concerned about anything. She was just chilling, just shaking that bottle over and over. Yeah, she was trying to figure out what was up with that bottle. (laughs) (laughs) She was really interested in it. Um, (laughs) um, And I I, I really wanted to see Ubo fight Ubo. Ubo. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because she's just a crazy, crazy old witch. Um, And it it ended up being pretty fun. And I guess I guess they did fight before that because Land like he got like a heavy like cut um across his chest and he was kind of bleeding out. And at this time, did you think that he was a clone or did you think it was the real deal? I know me myself, like I thought he was a clone. So when he first got cut, I was like, oh shit. But then as Ubu was talking to him, it was like, hey, here's my bottle. And he didn't take it. I was like, okay, like, yeah, he's uh, it's, it's a clone. Uh, but the reason I didn't initially think it was a clone is because, like, you're in a dungeon and you physically have to make it through the dungeon yourself. Why would you not be with another person and send your clone out in front of you by itself? But I guess I was overthinking it. Yeah, I mean that that would probably be the the safe bet, right? To avoid any like surprises. Yeah. But I wonder if it's like Oh yeah, I'm sure it is because I was gonna ask, I wonder if it's like, you know, Naruto, for example, he once they got destroyed, you know, everything would go back to the main body. It'd be the knowledge would go back. But I guess it happened too, because if it didn't, then the real thing wouldn't have known to come in, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah. So he's, he's, a. Uh, I guess it's like having a surveillance camera. He can like see what's going on because it yeah. didn't even have to die for him to, to know what's going on. It seemed. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely would send it in front of me and have a person with me just in case shit went left. 
<laughs> and not the other one, you know, and not be by myself in a fucking dungeon that no one's ever beaten. <laughs> and I also wonder if he can create more than one clone at a time. If if the one that actually came in was the real deal, or if that was a second clone. That's, that's so something savage. I'm thinking about. Layers of clones. Yeah. So that'd be super cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. I just. I just couldn't stop thinking about that. What if this is a clone? But because you can't really tell, right? Like, uh, this mm-hmm. basically the same thing almost. So, um. But as we said, uh, Ubel counterattacks and you know banks on land, the real land, coming to save her, and he does. We got a really great like fight scene and like um uh going through the memories or, or logic of Ubel. Uh, by herself, and she thinks luck is a big factor in her fighting, I guess. Um, and she basically created a situation where, where her death would be on land. It would be land's fault if she died, basically, uh, because, you know, she gave him her bottle, essentially. So uh, would did you enjoy seeing that? And yeah, she's so manipulative, dude. <laughs> she is so manipulative, and it's entertaining. Uh, she's just so off her rocker, and like I really don't understand like why Land is putting up with this bullshit. The only thing I can think of is Land knows that he's not capable of getting very far by himself with just his clones. That's what I think, and I think that he knows Ubel is ready to kill somebody yeah like it's like okay i see what you're saying like okay like she likes me or she wants something from me and i should use that i'll use her as my frontliner because she just wants something from me he's basically got a pit bull in front of him ah yes (laughs) yes yes that makes sense she's ready to go she's ready to go and she's not gonna let him die because like she wants to know his spell yeah, she wants yeah. to get closer to him or whatever to to copy his uh um clones or whatever. So this is like this is a mean situationship, <laughs> a mean situationship right here. Yes. Yeah, and uh, next we actually get to a really interesting uh, plot, and we actually go to Spurin. And she discovers a hidden room in a in the dungeon. Uh, there's some art that depicts the axe of a king that is buried there. And Sin sees this as a great discovery because no one else has ever found it before. Obviously, this is an undiscovered, uh, unexplored dungeon. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought it was pretty interesting that they acted like it was a big deal, and then they just like, oh. Let's leave. There's nothing in here. <laughs> that was so an- like anticlimactic. <laughs> like I thought there was gonna be like a cool grimoire. Like Fern, but Fern always thinks that, right? Like she's all, oh, there's a rare grim- grimoire around this that corner all the time, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they uh, cut away from that mess so quick. Yeah, and I, I feel that. I feel that because if she didn't think that there was a rare, rare grimoire around every corner then she's not gonna find them right so that's true that's true you gotta be looking to find them yeah but Um, i I wonder if it's actually gonna turn into something bigger i wonder if they actually did find something and that's why they cut away so quick they don't want us to know what it is 
maybe but they didn't even really pan around they just they just showed like the the art and i get what, what was it like a tomb slash coffin deal so yeah it was like uh it was kind of like just showing so it was like some reliefs of the king's deeds and achievements yeah that seems like a good place to leave some treasure yeah <laughs> you know what i'm sure. saying yeah I, I, I don't understand why they didn't open it you know you gotta open it right yeah i don't i don't understand so, i don't get it um maybe they're just you know uh close on time they're cutting time close so um but then they realize they're getting close to the bottom of the dungeon so they leave and they actually run into dinkins gang who who from last episode we saw has a replica furin in their path call it clay clayron is what dan came up with <laughs> Clayron, uh, okay <laughs> uh and do you think that Dinkin and his group should have at least tried fighting um, the Clayron or nah? Is it wise to? No. No. <laughs> Is he a bitch for not trying? Yeah. Like, Damn. you got five people, bro? <laughs> you got five people? And you can't really do shit with Fern? I mean, Fern? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he might just know he's that big. That it, there's that big of a difference between the two, but like, <laughs> I, me personally, me personally, I couldn't sit there with five of my homies with one person standing in my path and be like, "Nah, we just can't do it. We're not like that." <laughs> but maybe that's just my ego. Well, the, the funny thing is, it's like he he already got rinsed once. You know, <laughs> he, he thought rinsed. he was a big guy. You know, once upon a time. And then he got absolutely rinsed. Uh, and then he's like, no, I, I kind of, I know what this is. I know what she's about. I don't think I can handle her. <laughs> she wouldn't even going all out on me. And if I can't handle her, I sure as shit know that these other fools can't handle her. <laughs> nah, like I said, like, is 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 the right thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> but it couldn't have been me. You know what I'm saying? Ego got cut in half, bro. <laughs> yeah. He already had that humbling experience. Uh, but yeah, R Richter actually says that they should try hypnosis or restraint magic on Freeran, the Clayron, um, because uh, that's what you should do to a powerful mage, apparently, is what they say. And she actually, they actually tested on the real Freeran, and she says that she's resistant, and she proves to be resistant. And Fern actually got a little jealous uh, as they was doing her, their test. Yeah. Um, do you do you have any idea why she would Bro, get jealous? I don't. I, I don't get it because like they're literally just doing tests. But I feel like every week, the last like three or four weeks, they've just been chipping away at my love for Fern. You you know what I think it is? It's not really jealousy. I think that she was kind of mad that Fern was just letting them do tests on her uh, so easily. Because mm. she's based, she's essentially giving out her weaknesses for free to her enemies, right? That's and true. And Fern's just doing it willy nilly, and Fern's just like, uh, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, but they—that's true. That's true. And I think but the she, hug was the last straw, kind of. You think so? You think? Yeah. You think Fern's actually playing the strategic right there? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I like I like that way better. Um, but Fern, I believe, 
is the jealous type. I, I think so too. Um, I mean, that's that's her mother figure, right? That's true. So, why are you uh, messing with my mom's like that? Yeah. Um, but like, I think Freeran wouldn't let them get a leg up on her. On you know, I don't think she would let that happen. Like she's a bit of a goof, but at the same time, like she's also like fifteen hundred years old. Yeah, like she's mad wise, even though she's also a goof. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing is, is like she told him straight up, like you know, that the normal work. stuff don't work on me. I'm resistant, yeah. and she, I mean, in her eyes, like what's it gonna hurt for them to try because it's not gonna work. So yeah, like I know it's not gonna work. Like yeah, yeah, I, I I've been doing this longer than your whole bloodline. Like I, I know this. Yeah, yeah and. But, uh, to finish that off, Deacon and Methody, I think is the way Method. you say it. Method. Method. Yeah. I think that's a blonde, right? That She's was, a brunette. Is she a brunette? Maybe Dirty Bond. Maybe oh, Dirty okay. Blonde. She's the one that was trying to do these uh, these acts on Freer, and I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they actually, like, after they finish talking, we actually go to Edel's group. Um, and Edo is the, um, I guess the, the one that is the most proficient at hypnotizing and like the mind stuff, all that good stuff because her family specializes in it, I believe is what they said. Yes. And they're actually having a fight since the, the, <laughs> the version of since I was wondering when she was and here we are. We found her. That's her so group. unfortunate. Yeah, that is so. And you got the first class mage you got to fight. Everybody else gets to fight a, a you know a second or third class mage, but you, your non combative ass, all three of y'all got to fight the first class mage. I yeah. also looked up, uh, like I said, I always look up the names. Edel means noble. Oh, in German. Okay. So yeah, she's of, of noble birth. So makes sense. She kind of got that. Uh, she kind of got that uh, personality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Those those were definitely her servants, like a hundred percent. I would go that far. <laughs> they seemed like they was they really was like rocking with her like that. Yeah, they they was definitely relying. They definitely looked at her in a higher regard. It seemed yeah, like. and that was and that was two grown men and a child. So like, yeah. why else would they be doing that? Uh, but it, it is pretty interesting. Uh, we we got some magic lore here, and uh. Uh, Edel explains that most dungeons was cleared before the Demon King actually was defeated. Uh, that this caused modern magic to not be suited for dungeon fighting due to being made from physical things in the world. The benefit is that this takes less mana as a caster doesn't have to create something out of thin air. So I guess the, they're saying that the magic nowadays uh, that everyone's using isn't really made for dungeons because nobody really goes dungeon exploring anymore. So. Right. And you don't have things like rocks or the little petal, like flower petals and stuff like that. Out, yeah. You know, down in a dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that they keep on like, um, giving us little bits of information, uh, about the world and, uh, history past. Um, yeah. I so thought this one, I thought this one was like extra cool because like, they gave multiple reasons for why they weren't good at dungeons and like, yeah. in just like a couple of sentences. And then they were like, 
oh, Sense would be really good at this because she just uses her hair. And that's something she always has on her, obviously. Yeah. So, like, she's broken no matter where she goes. So that was, I thought that was really cool. And we, and we saw, you know, why she's a first class mage. And it's this quick, this quick, <laughs> very quick fight. <laughs> if you want to call it a fight. Yeah. They, I don't think they was really cut out like that. She actually tries to do uh, hypnosis. Uh, they come up with a plan and they, she actually tries to, do hypnosis, kind of what Furin and them was suggesting to do against Clayron. Um, and it turns out that they cannot they cannot put them in a hypnotic state because uh, the the clone doesn't have a mind of its own. Uh, it's the way they described it. So, um, and it needs a mind in order to put in a hypnotic state. And since they failed at that, Edel actually gets pretty worked up uh she gets stabbed and she tells her two companions that servants. they need to go yeah the servants is, <laughs> <laughs> the servants as bass calls them to they need to go find people that are way stronger um to help fight since the clone while because she broke she breaks her uh golem and gets the hell out of dodge because she's gonna die if she don't so mm-hmm. but yeah but we we knew that that whole group really weren't like that they said before they even started fighting that they, they're not fighters yeah i mean they're they're just they, they i guess they thought that they was gonna get through on uh just their hypnotic uh and their bare minimum I don't even know why the I don't even know why the other two is there for first class mages. It didn't seem like they had a lot going for them. Um, I, I could understand why she was there because she's you know proficient at the. Uh, the I know why they're there. So yeah, to but. protect Edel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what's their? They should have left then, right? With her. Well, they already yeah. there now. Yeah, might as well try, right? Yeah, bro. Get somebody else to carry them through. <laughs> so, <laughs> the great support characters, man. Uh, but the final moments of this episode show and figuring out how what they're gonna have to do in order to beat Clarin, and they're gonna have to just basically use brute force. Um, that's the best option. And I thought it was leading up to this for a while. I actually wanted. Uh, I actually wanted. Freeran to say, Fern, it's time. Get out there and, and and beat me. I wanted her to say that so long ago, but Fern actually says, she actually steps up to the plate and she's like, I can do it. So She said, I'm her. Yeah. I'm so, really like that. Yeah, my, my thing is, is like, is is she doing it to take, is, is this gonna take out all her frustrations on the Clay Furin? That way she could be better behaved uh, towards Stark in the future. <laughs> Yo, that's a little dark, dog. It's a little dark. <laughs> She's got some pent-up anger, bro. I feel like oh, this. she needs I this. Feel, she feel like she does, yeah. And one thing I do want to mention is, where the hell is Fern? Where the hell is the, the Fern clone? They don't is she want hiding? That. They don't want that. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, she's... She's usually by Furin, right? So maybe Furin is standing out there and Fern's in the background somewhere. We haven't seen her, but I have a feeling that 
If Fern, Fern is in that room, bro, if Fern is in that room too, they're washed. They're they're absolutely feeling. washed. And I have a feeling that Fern's gonna be in that room too, and that Furin is gonna have to fight Fern, and Fern is gonna have to fight Furin. Hey, look, if both <laughs> of them are in that room, there that whole group is washed. You know what I'd be doing if I saw that and I was dinking, <laughs> I keep walking. <laughs> I'm not, doing it, I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. I'm running through the room. <laughs> Fuck everybody, dude. I want to go see my family. Oh, uh, shit. Ain't no way. But it, it was definitely a fun episode. I can't wait for next week because we're going to get to see some. some it's going to be awesome. So It's, it's uh, actually going to be awesome. And we only got like four episodes left. So, uh, you know, it's going to start getting hot probably, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. they're gonna turn up for us. Uh, but, but yeah, you ready for some uh, Mashal, Tyler? Yeah, let's do this. All right, my boy. So next, guys, we have Mashal, uh, season two, episode seven, Mash Burn Dead and the Magical Maestro. So as the fog clears from the initial clash, it is now obvious that Margaret has survived the initial volley of attacks. With such great powers, how does Mash overcome? Marguerite. So we have this battle between these two kind of like heating up and Margaret and Mash end up stopping the fight because Margaret's like, hey, you're you're holding back. Something's wrong. What are you protecting over there in your chest? And <laughs> Mash pulls out a cream puff. <laughs> and they have somebody come take it away so they can go all out with the fighting. It's really on now. No, no. No hands tied behind the back. And Margaret says, Margaret says something very interesting and says, this match is really for my own enjoyment. But if that's the case, like why, like, do you think that he actually believes MASH is that they believe MASH is that strong? I, I think so. Or, you know, he wouldn't be trying, like he, he wouldn't be wasting his time like this, right? Right. So. The the only thing that like made me like not understand is like, okay, if Margaret can understand that like Mash is strong, no one else in the building thought that he had a chance. And like I'm trying to figure out why that would be. You know what I'm saying? And even Margaret like talking down to Mash, but at the same time saying, Oh, this is gonna be a fun fight seem contradictory contradictory to me and hypocritical i mean uh, you get you gotta you gotta talk down to them because you can't boost their confidence right because if you boost their confidence then that just means that they'll be even stronger and hell you might get beat at that point because you're you know you're you're thinking that they might have a chance and then you're speaking it into existence kind of right yeah yeah I, yeah that's true but maybe i'm crazy <laughs> um, <laughs> when I'm playing my friends in golf, like I'm always talking them up, bro. Like you got this, you got well, that's this. Reverse psychology, right? No, nah, bro, that's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I want them to play well so I can beat them when they're at their best. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it, you know, a win when you fuck a win for me when you fucked up isn't as great if we're both playing really well as if we're I both just... playing really well. You know, if somebody was like complimenting me the whole time we're doing something, you know, that that's 
I'm thinking, you know, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, reverse, reverse, a psych, you know, do. Oh, really? They're trying to reverse psychology. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if people think that. that I, I do. <laughs> like, why? Why are they complimenting me right now? They're just they're trying to make me, you know, think think of you know. Uh, I wonder if my friends think I'm just an asshole now. I'm genuinely want them to play well. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Shit, I got a lot of explaining to do. Um, but yeah, maybe I will explain myself next time we're out there. But last episode, we saw that uh, Margaret has this Do Re Mi scale. What goes Do Re Mi Fa Ti Do? And how high do you think he has matched on the Do Re Mi scale? I'm not sure because I, I don't know what the scale. Like, I don't know what is scaled like, you know? Uh, right. So, so what, is, what is what is Margaret? Is he so like... Do, uh, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. He, uh, Margaret's a T, so he's the second strongest tier. Okay. That's what he sees himself as. So what do you think? And what is like a... I wonder what a normal average person is on that scale. Did, so like did, an average did, person... He, he fought people last episode and he said that they were a Ray. Oh, so and it was other, okay. yeah, and it was other test takers too, and he said that it's the second lowest. I mean, was it the test takers? I I'm not sure where to put him up on this. I I would put him towards the top, but it depends on what he's scaling. Like, is he scaling magical power, or is he scaling like, you know, I think uh, just overall strength. I, I think Margaret's yeah. a person is like, I don't care how you fight. Like, I just want you to fight. I think he's towards the top for sure okay. Um, okay. because he definitely doesn't have the brains um, to uh, get shit done that way uh, most of the time. So okay. just saying it nicely. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say like maybe a tier two below wherever, you know, Margaret like ranks themselves. Yeah, it, um, it's clear that Margaret has the upper hand. He's got the advantage by a few notches, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But either way, Margaret thought they'd get some uh, get some entertainment out of this. It seemed like it. So as you know, as the battle heated up during this episode, I mean, both fighters were really going at it, going back and forth, uh, trying out different moves. As we said, they got rid of the cream puff so he could take it up a notch. <laughs> And we saw really Margaret get in their bag like we hadn't seen before. Uh, we had seen some really basic low-level attacks, and that was has always been enough for them to get the win so far. And were their stronger moves like different than what you expected? Because all we had really seen is like the notes flying through the air. Uh, then we got like uh, some balled-up fists with notes. We also <laughs> got the physical manifestation of like some speakers, like how was it versus what you s suspected? Uh, I, I like how they like, uh, portrayed his magic. Um, because obviously his magic is just, uh, you know, sound, right? right. And sound is very dangerous. Uh, it is like, it's very fast. It's very dangerous. If you use it the correct way, I mean, and all like um like if you bust your like if you're if you bust your eardrums or whatever like that a normal person like is supposed to get dis disoriented and stuff like that yep. as well 
Um, and we've seen like blood shoot from Mash's ears a couple times, which would, you know, assume may, you could make the assumption that his eardrums got busted. But then again, this is Mash, what we're talking about. So he's not really hurt, even though a normal person would be hurt bad, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I was I was worried about something like that happening, and like like you said, it sounds really powerful. Um, it's hard to shut out permanently or for you know fully, depending on how something loud is. Like, um, I don't. I, I've been to a lot of facilities where it's like I have either headphones on, or like you know the magic cancel. Um, yeah, the, the oh, earmuffs, the over ear earmuffs, or like just the plug in ones to your ear, and it's like shit is still super loud in your ear. Um, yeah, I mean. So, it's, it you can be dangerous. You can't really like stop it, you know. Because uh, it'll come think, through your body, not just your yeah. ear. Yeah, and I think we've seen Bleach. Bleach done a good job of this too. Uh, and Thousand Year Blood War, they had like something like this going on as well. Yeah, and it it makes you realize that sound is actually very a very dangerous weapon in the right hands. So. Mm-hmm. And even yeah, even in the real world, they have sound weapons. Yeah. Um. But yeah, once um, Mash kind of like got Margaret down on his back for a moment, we saw this really like eerie moment where Mash was kind of like just repunching, repeatedly punching Mark in the face again and again and again. <laughs> and the crowd was like, yo, like, chill out. Like, what are you doing? And what were you thinking as this was going on? I mean, it, it, it's your classic. Uh... It's your classic moment where it doesn't matter how much you hit him. It's not even affecting him really because they're that strong, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what I was thinking. Like this guy's no pushover. Like you can, you know, throw your gauntlet all you want, but it's not gonna do much, right? So right, the gloves have already come off. He said, yeah. "Go all out." I'm going all out. Like just because he's down doesn't mean he's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he, he gets up and like right as this is happening, like we also learn um through a report that Innocent Zero himself is on the move and is looking for Mash, our boy Mash. And I thought this was like terrible timing from Innocent Zero. Uh one because all of like or at least most of the um divine visionaries are looking at mash right now bro like what are you doing uh did you think it was also terrible timing or do you think he had a good plan here i i still don't know his plan uh well at least to, like, get to mash. Hooking up, yeah. but i think that there was definitely better better situations that could have been utilized in order to better effectively uh uh, kidnap him or take him away because right. are, are you just flexing right now? Because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like a flex. Like, watch me pull up with all these people here and y'all ain't gonna do shit. That's what I'm Demoralization. Yeah. I like that. Devious. Devious. Yeah. I mean, that's, all, that's the only thing I can think of, you know? Right. Because you even got like Wahlberg there. Yeah. Like, that's the guy. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what other reason you would have other than like, just to be flashy. Like you said, a, sh- a show of force. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's not even like maybe he thought Margaret was gonna do something and, uh, you know, maybe he thought mash, he, he had to save mash someone mm-hmm. and maybe he actually thinks that, 
Mash was gonna win, and the divine visionary that don't like him, I forget who it is, but maybe he thinks that they're gonna make a move on him to get rid of him at that moment, and maybe he don't want that to happen for some odd reason. We don't know his mm. motives yet, so that's true. That's true. Yeah, and we'll get it a little bit more into it, but first we got to go back to the fight, man, and and, and Margaret. They they powered up and transformed into a child. We've never I've never seen a, a power up into a child form. That's new to me. Um, and we had some onlookers actually say that like this is his real self uh, with his magic unleashed. And but Mark himself said like this is just what happens when I release all my magical power. And maybe both are true. Maybe one's true. Um, but it would make in my mind it makes sense for Mark to look younger because. Mark normally looks he looks like he's twenty something. And he's yeah. actually a kid. Maybe, maybe he can't maybe he's just putting on like a um uh like a clone of himself somewhat, like a fake picture of himself in order to look more menacing. That way people can take him more seriously. Like some new, and, some tsunami type deal. Uh maybe. And then when he has to use his uh, you know, other form or go all out, he can't keep that form up, right? So he goes yeah. back to his real form or whatever. That That's kind of what I got out of it, but I'm not sure if that's true or why he would like, maybe he's just got it like that. Maybe he just you know, has that much power. You know, he don't really Yeah, he just care. thinks that this the, the normal form just yeah. looks cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, the transformation itself like allows uh, Margaret to Move at the speed of sound or become sound itself. So whenever they snap, they can just switch places and go to whatever place they want inside of that radius of sound that they've made. Nuts ability. Nuts ability. And we see Mast kind of adjust the transformation. And um, I was actually thinking, it's like I was like, finally, somebody that can move at the same speed Mast can move. Because a lot of the times when he's doing these little tricks to get out of situations, pretending he's using magic, he's just moving faster than what the human eye can see, most human eyes can see. So I thought this was going to be like an even match. And uh, Mark was actually kind of overpowering there for a second, which kind of surprised me. I thought they were going to be about even speed at that point. Yeah. Um, honestly, like this fight, um, which I think, I think Mashal. For what we've seen so far is the fights have been kind of weaker, even though we've gotten a lot of fights. They're more on the comedic side, and like there's no one that really challenges Mash. Um, That's true, yeah. And I feel like this was actually its first like real, real and good fight um, of the series. So of I actually really enjoyed this one, yeah. I think our last, uh, the fight with Lord Abel last season, I thought was more serious but yeah i think this one is the most serious we've seen so far it was definitely more serious but it wasn't like a physical fight it was more like a mental thing right i think the the best fight to me up until this point was the best razor fight and uh that was a good one yeah that was that was the most challenge that mash has had by himself since now and now we got it again and like this, this fight lasted the whole episode, and it was literally back and forth the whole fight with no bullshit, really. 
That's um, true. The bullshit got canceled out with bullshit from Margaret. So, you know. <laughs> and like what they've done a way better job. I think with like the fights this season, like feeling like they actually have impact. I think that's yeah. what we were complaining about when we were doing this in the weekly rundown last time is like, it's good, fun series, but like we wish the fights hit a little harder. Yeah. And there's been less fighting this season, but when there is fights, there's way more impact. And I think they've gotten at least a lot better at adapting the the magic to anime. Yeah. I don't know how the manga reads. I don't know what it looks like, but it's more entertaining. The fights are this this season by far, even those yeah, small fights. I definitely agree. I, I'm I'm much more enjoying this season than I was last season. So yeah, yeah, they they they've they've not. They've they've come it up. Uh, they brought it up a, a level, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so after Mash adjusts to the transformation, we finally get to see Marg's big attack. It's sound second, weird word, um, Death Gong, and a bell, a big ass bell appears, and they said that it would ring in one minute and incapacitate anyone who heard it. So this is this leaves Mash with one minute to get Margaret's wand. From them so you can smash the wand and call off the spell we you know naturally we see more of the cat and mouse game instead of uh mark you know fighting mash he's running away and eventually mash gets tired of this bullshit with like 10 seconds left and rips up a piece of earth like some like a some like a earth style wall <laughs> shit and like drops it on, on a <laughs> and drops it on um uh, marg to cut off the forward escape path. And it's pretty much like a extra kick. I mean, sorry, a PK in, in, in soccer or football left or right. You just got to guess one and it is what it is. And mash guesses, right? Catches him, breaks the wand. I thought it was kind of lame how the fight ended myself because like Margaret just like gave up. Oh, you got my wand. It's over. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what'd you think yeah. about the end of it? End of it. Oh, I, in a way, like the end of the fight, yeah, sure, he could have probably got up and, um, you know, done some more work, but he got what he wanted. That's that's the way I took it. He got what he wanted. He wanted someone to actually challenge him. He wanted someone to actually uh, uh, put up a fight and do their best against him and uh, actually, you know, stop him. And Mash did that, and so. And him doing that, he's like, okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you win. You know, I, I'm not gonna. There's no sense in me fighting anymore. I already got all my fun. You know, mm -hmm. that's the way I kind of took it. Okay, okay, yeah. I, like, I thought that was like kind of like a, a, like a bitch move to go out like that. Like, and and I thought they could use magic without their wands though too. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works here. Uh, and I thought I, they just couldn't use it as well. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they can actually do that or not. Uh, I'm sure they can to some extent. Um, I know. I know Freeran, Freeran, and them can. Uh, uh that's that, maybe what I was thinking yeah. about then. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's the case for Mashal. Uh, I don't yeah, think they've ever seen, said so. Yeah, I don't think we've seen anybody use magic without their wands um but if they can 
and we figure out that they can in any, any capacity, I think that's a pretty sorry way to go out. <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying. It's like, yeah, he, he already had his fun. But like, if you're going to do all this, at least like go out fighting. You know, I don't know. It, it seemed a little off to me, but it, narratively, it makes yeah. sense. And in a way as well, he got to call his loss too and not not get and not let Mash call his win. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Mash Mash didn't beat the shit out of him and you know the the referees didn't come in and stop it or whatever. You know, he was able to you know not so on his own terms. Advantage, you know. Yeah. Okay. Soft. But. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got that dog in him unfortunately um but yeah right at the end of the episode uh innocent zero ends up showing up and with some of his group and he ends up freezing time so most of the divine visionaries well the divine visionaries there it doesn't matter that they're there he's frozen time they can't do anything and <clears throat> mash goes up i mean uh innocent zero goes up to mash and goes grabs his face and he's like son um he calls him son and it's like you know once i'm able to absorb you or like us we merge together then i'll be complete which is some crazy shit to be saying because we don't know who mash's dad is do you think he could really be his dad and like he's really actually his son dun, 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 be, uh. i mean this this would make completely complete sense for the show because this is some shit that they would do mm-hmm. uh um and you know, maybe, maybe he's like, maybe that's why you don't have no magic, right? Maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons is he got made some weird way or something. I don't know. And in order to make Innocent Zero a hundred percent, like his physical ability, imagine, imagine someone with Mash's capabilities physically, uh, combine that with, uh, you know, magic actual magic so that's that's unbeatable yeah that's like flat out unbeatable that'd be nuts but yeah we're gonna have to see what he means by son (laughs) because this could go left real quick um but it seems like our boy the headmaster um Wahlberg is trying to stop the whole thing he wasn't affected by the time freeze and that's kind of where the episode left off guys and you got any questions or anything left about the episode no, I'm pretty excited for next week. We yeah. might actually get to see what's going on with Innocent Zero and Wahlberg, so maybe. Yeah, another or, banger. Great setup episode. Or they could pull a One Piece and just leave us hanging on Shanks and, I mean, not Shanks, <laughs> but uh, Blackbeard and Law for <laughs> weeks at a time. It's so. probably going to be six months before we hear another thing about that. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> But speaking of One Piece, uh, let's move on to 1095, episode 1095, Aye. The Brain of a Genius, Six Vegapunks. And basically, this episode, Nami and the others have now realized that they are getting attacked by a Jinbei lookalike pacifista slash seraphim and are brought to the brink of defeat before being saved by Vegapunk. Then they learn a chilling truth about Egghead Island. And with the crew realizing what is happening, like why why the hell did Nami and some of the other uh, crew members, Straw Hats, keep calling the Seraphim Jinbei? Like, do you think that 
they just kept on believing that that was actually Jinbei somehow. And even though it looked nothing like Jinbei in, in most senses. Like, I really don't. The only thing I can think it's like, we've seen some wacky shit. And they've seen some wacky shit in their lives being on the open sea. And I think they maybe were like banking on there being a, you know, under 1% chance that's actually Jinbei. I don't know. They haven't seen Jinbei in probably a day or two at this point, or at least a few hours. Yeah. And like, shit can happen. Like, they've seen some weird shit happen before. But outside of that, I do not know because I wouldn't be calling him Jinbei. The boy has wings and a fire on his back. That's not Jinbei. <laughs> I bet uh I bet uh they're wishing Zoro had come with them now. <laughs> oh yeah. Bro, if Zoro was there, come on. <laughs> it'd be it'd be over. Yeah. So fast. But um we also saw Jinbei, um the seraphim swim in the concrete. Uh and I thought that was kind of weird. I, I thought a couple things about it was weird. Um uh, what did you think about that? So, now, one thing that I know is Senior Pink better be alive. <laughs> he better be, like, because he's so hard-boiled. Like, I just don't... Hopefully they know how to, like, recreate Devil Fruits. That was concerning to me. That's the first thing I thought. Like, I wasn't even like, oh, shit, like, he can swim in the swim in concrete. It was like, where's where is Senior Pink right now? We need to find him immediately. Is he safe? <laughs> That's all I cared about. Damn the straw hats. Where is Senior Pink? Um, I don't know what you thought thought about this man, but yeah, I, I, I was. I'm concerned about Senior Pink. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly I didn't even think about Senior Pink. Um, at this time, uh, I was just kind of confused at what the hell was going on. Uh, oh, okay. And like, how is he doing that? You know, like that's not that. I mean, that's Jinbei, especially swimming in the water, right? But yeah. he was swimming on the concrete, and then later on, um, later on, he actually like uses water to teleport. I think teleport. Remember, he he went up behind him, and with the water, the water appeared in the air, and he come out of the water. No, it had come up from the floor or out from the wall. Oh, okay. Um, or but, but then how? Oh, are you talking did about he, when did he, he made, go under? He, um, are you talking about when Frankie hit him with like the beam? Uh, yeah, when he was getting away from the beam or whatever, and then he got behind Sanji, I believe. Okay. Um, I thought like the water came up from the floor. Well, I mean, I, well, he made a shield with water out of thin air, but the water that was in the air, and then I thought he just like sunk into the ground. Oh, so he like completely went into the ground like a mole, and then come up behind him, kind of thing, yeah. and into the wall. Mm -hmm. So this man can like just uh, go into any structure. I guess. Yeah, that's what Senior Pink can do. He can yeah. he can swim into any structure. So you think that they might have recreated the devil fruit and gave it, gave him that power or whatever? I'm praying they recreated this devil fruit and it's not yeah. the real deal. I mean, we know that they've experimented with creating devil fruit. Look at Momo. Like he, for sure. he's a product of that, right? So, For sure. Um, 
even though that was a failed uh devil fruit it still was good enough to be somewhat on the same thing as kato you know mm-hmm. so but uh yeah i think it's i think it's really interesting because i don't i don't necessarily i this is the moment i wish dan was here because i don't really recall um this the whole swimming in the concrete in the manga so oh really yeah, okay. I don't really recall that, um, but it it has been a while. So, um, for the manga readers out there, and I'll probably check it out after I get we get done here because I want to know. I want to know if he's actually swimming in the concrete in the manga, or if if this is like anime only type shit. So, interesting. That'd be a big difference, you know, yeah. um, because like a Jimbei Seraphim. Okay, no fishman karate. It is a fishman, but can swim in anything. That is nuts. Like that is so fucking broken. Because yeah. they can swim so fast already. Yeah, and and you have like some crazy water shield defense, like just out of thin air. Whenever it's humid, humid, like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jinbei is definitely like broken at this point. Um, or Seraphim Jinbei is. Um, and. With that being said, do you think that their group, the group of Straw Hats uh, that was in there, do you think they had a chance at beating uh, beating if, Jinbei? If they had a fair fight, I don't think so. Um, I think they could. Of, I think they could pull it off. I think Sanji could pull it off. I think Robin, Robin... I think them working together, they could definitely pull it off, but it would probably take a lot of them, man. I think that a couple of them would probably just get in the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they would lose a few people. Oh. Um, and the only reason I think they would lose overall is, 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 is really Sanji would be trying to protect so many people that he wouldn't be protecting himself like Sanji does. Yeah. And he's the person they need the most to defeat. Uh, this thing, and then Robin. Robin's strong. Robin's more good for crowd control than one v ones. Yeah, I I think I think as well uh, that Robin isn't at her true potential as well, like offensively, right? So yeah. Um, but I think that she would be good, but they don't really know what's going on with this. This this is basically like. Fighting, like Bass was talking about earlier in the episode, like fighting someone you don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But they kind of, it doesn't matter about them because they're just going to do what they're going to do. It don't matter if they know you because they're absolute, you know. So. Yeah. And like, how do you pin down something that can just swim in the walls? Yeah. A fish man um, that can swim in the walls. That that's That's ridiculous. And we still don't really know what all other powers it's got since it does have like the flame and the Lunarian shit on it, right? So, yeah, so it's kind of like a, a basically permanent iron body whenever that flame's active. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck do you do going off of what we've learned about King in the past? Like, you would assume that's the same thing for this seraphim, right? So, yeah, it's just, it's just really crazy. Uh, I, and- I, Sanji couldn't have beat King. Uh, Zoro barely beat him, so like, what yeah, do you do? Exactly. Um, <laughs> you combine that with Fishman's swimming speed and swimming through concrete, I think you got some issues. Um, 
Now, we saw a lot of, like, the Vegapunk satellites arguing with each other. Like, how do they normally settle disputes? Do you think so, like, one of them is, like, just in charge all the time? Like, there's one above the rest of them? I, I think I think we've seen a little bit of this. I think that there's an order. I think there's a chain. Okay. There's a chain of command, I think, because we've seen Shaka the Good, um, which is punk dub punk zero one every time mm-hmm. we see him um i'm starting to think the numbers actually mean something i think that uh you know the obviously the higher up you go one uh to whatever has more pool than three and four or whatever uh that's that's what i'm taking out of it because you could clearly see that they follow directions from shaka Lilith, sure. and um edison and uh, whoever else was up there, the wood robot, the wisdom robot. So, but that's what I'm thinking. What, what are you thinking? Um, I think maybe Shaka, Shaka did seem like the leader. Like he came in and like kind of shut that shit down. What was going on? And but I don't know if it's exactly the numbers because when Lilith, who is Punk Two O Two, came in into the, to the lab and was like, make that you know, make a S-Shark, like, destroy these pirates. Edison and Pythagoras were like, nah, bro. Like, we're not doing that. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it depends on, like, the um, intent behind it, you know? Like, you know, Shaka meant what he said, and Lilith was just going berserk, and they That's true. knew that she was just Bullshit. being herself, yeah. I guess, because they wanted to... It's crazy because they I had didn't a reason think that for they doing what they wanted to attack them. I thought that it was kind of a setup, but I didn't think that they was testing. They done all that shit for testing. So yeah, bro, you brought <laughs> you brought guests here just to like get your robot some your AI some experience. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah, people in chokeholds. Like, and they probably the thing is like they probably would have done it like if you just asked them. Yeah, or like I, we're like we 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 got somebody that loves to fight. Like we'll go get Zoro. Yeah, like, <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll, we'll let Zoro. Oh, you want somebody to fight? Like, let, let's let me go back to the ship real quick. I got your guy. Like, <laughs> just fucking ask. God damn. Find our captain. He'll do it. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um. But we all, we learned quite a bit about uh, all the Vegapunks, uh, you know, kind of how their like orders works and stuff like that. Somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, we also learned that their like their hunger and stuff like that is linked as well. Um, somehow that was weird. And what are your thoughts on uh, that situation? That was one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah, like, I don't... even for One Piece, that was fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not 100% what we got out of seeing that, except for the fact that, uh, you know, they're still the same person, kind of. And they're like, if they got a shit, all of them's got a shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what it seems like. <laughs> but, like, yeah, so who is it? It's uh, York that does all the eating. Apparently, and greed. It, Greed, yeah, your number six, greed. Um, apparently does all the eating for the rest of them, it seems like. 
And like even during the episode, they were like, yeah, this is her fourth cycle for the day, which is like eat, shit, sleep. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, what a job, bro. It's like she's just lounging by the pool, eating, shit, and sleeping. Like, what the fuck? I mean, you know, some people got it made, you know what I mean? So, I mean, really, imagine. Imagine if you just had a TV. Like, that's all, like, York just has a TV there, and we chilling, you know? So. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really weird. Yeah, uh, I did too. Um, but after all that good stuff, uh, after we see all that wonderful information, uh, the Straw Hats, the Straw Hats that are in the like testing room or whatever, they are locked in place now by their boots. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, apparently the boots are uh, magnetic or something and they turned the magnets on on the floors and it just linked them to the ground. It just stuck them to the ground. And he goes, uh, Shaka comes in, tells uh, Jinbei Seraphim to stand down and he goes on to explain to them that he cannot trust pirates like them and and then he proceeds to tell them that this island is actually from the past and not the future because they were saying that this is cool. This is a, uh, island of the future. And he's like, well, not actually, there was actually an island that was, this is from the past. This is an island or whatever, uh, from, uh, that there was an island 900 years ago that was more advanced than we are right now. And, what do you he, what do you think about that? Was he saying I thought he was saying that island was from nine hundred years ago. No, so he was saying that so this conversation was about so he started off the conversation asking them what they thought about the island, if they thought it was advanced. And of course they said, Yeah, this is an island of the future and he's like, Well, no, you're actually wrong. That we're actually, we've actually been spending all this time up here trying to surpass the past, but we still haven't been able to do it yet because there was an island 900 years ago that was more advanced than this version of this island right now. That's not, I, I, I don't remember it reading like that. I, that's, that's what I got out of it. Oh, because I thought he was like, what if I told you this island was from the past? I thought it was a yeah, pretty because- quick explanation. So he, so the the beginning when he started, he he kept on talking about how he, they could not, um, like surpass, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and become an island of the future or whatever. Right. Cannot surpass the works of, you know, certain people or whatever. I don't know how he put it, but that that's the whole reason why it led me to believe this way because of the fact that he was saying that. Um, but what about the old ass robot that Luffy found? That I think I think that is from the past. I think I think that they actually found. So they they know about this island, right? Because they found it, and okay. they're trying okay. to replicate what they found, but they can't even replicate what they found yet. That's how they get these these um, uh, mecha sea beasts and the. Uh, the seraphims, I guess. I guess that they've found all this. They've created all this, trying to recreate what they found on that island from 900 years okay. ago. That's okay. the way I took it. So interesting, 
Yeah, I thought that they were saying that island is from the past. Yeah, I, I mean they they could be saying that, but I I in in my head that that didn't really make sense. That's 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 why I took it the other way because, um, like they they've been trying so hard, right? And why else would they like the whole series of questions was like pointing towards that for me it seemed, it okay. seemed like so I, I feel that yeah yeah that's not what i got out from it but um i also th- i thought it was hilarious that he said I, we can't trust pirates <laughs> and then was like let me tell you guys a massive secret like <laughs> <laughs> like in the next breath like <laughs> what what does he mean like he, he's got me handcuffed to the floor but he's also telling me his secrets i would be thinking he's about to kill me I mean, I guess there's a reason why uh, Cypherpole Agus is coming to kill uh, Vegapunk right now. So, yeah, right? maybe maybe he knows that he's uh, about to die or some shit. So and- there's no way you should have me handcuffed to something, and and like imagine, okay, imagine like you handcuffed in somebody's basement, they drag you into the basement. <laughs> And they, and they start, start telling you all their secrets, bro. Like you're done. Like you're cooked. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Uh, I, I get what you're saying there. Uh, it, it definitely <laughs> seems that way. Uh, but I mean, that that could be. I mean, that might be what they have in plan for them. You know, because uh, it does make sense what you're saying right now. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Somebody's gonna die. One thing, one thing I want to ask before we end. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I, we was talking about this last week. Uh, last week's ep- last, the last scene of last week's episode where, uh, forget who it was. Was it Shaka? Uh, one of the Vega punks was talking to Dragon on the phone. What and and saying that he was about that Vega punk was about to die, or whatever. Yeah, and that. Or something like that, and they was talking to Dragon. What what did you what do you think is going on there? I I have to know. Um, you said when they were talking on the phone to to Dragon. Yeah, they was actually talking to Dragon of the Revolutionary Army. Um, and he tells Dragon that uh he's he knows the future or something like that, and that he knows that he's about to die. I think and, the I think the elders have just put out a hit. But why? But my thing is, why is why do you think he's talking to Dragon? Do you think they got an alliance? Do you think that's why Cipher Poe is headed that way? Because he's been working with the revolutionaries. That's that. That's what I was about to get at. It was like, yeah, the only reason somebody would be telling Dragon is because, like, he must know Vegapunk, or, or he might be important to Dragon, even if they don't work together directly. He's like, oh, I know Vegapunk has been working on trying to figure out the past, and I want everybody to be free, and that involves knowing the past and the and the and the blackout, you know, a few hundred years there. So even they may not be working together directly. He's like, this is going to be an important part of. He's going to be an important part of the revolution, or his knowledge will be, and figuring out what we've actually lost. Okay. So yeah, he might be pulling up. Yeah. Uh- Dan and I really couldn't talk about it too much because unfortunately right. like I like we're you, still you know. we're, yeah. yeah, we're still on the part where I actually know kind of what's going on, you know. So right. 
Okay. Uh, but I don't know what's going on because it's been so long, but I know the major stuff that's fixing to happen. Right. So. And this is pretty fucking major. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, they could be working together or they could be very important to, to one another. Okay. All righty. Well, that's about it. You got anything else, Bass? That's it for me, man. Hell yeah. Well, um, I guess that is it for the weekly rundown episode. 56 i think it is uh just make sure you rate your pod rate this podcast on all the platforms that you listen on um we got uh i think we're going to talk about spring what we're anticipating for spring like what we got our eyes on uh it it should be a fun time just coming up djn episode um we will get a get a first look at kind of what we are thinking about for the rundown maybe um, all that good stuff, our options. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials, all that good stuff. Linktree.com slash anime DGNs. Yes, sir. And we will see you on Thursday. Peace. Bye.